0: Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. Could you please hold up your bobbleheads, the first 20 that made it out to the Welcome Center? I must have been number 21. I did not get one, so <laughs> mine's probably bigger. My head's unusually big for my little body. So, well, welcome. My name is Joe. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are continuing our series in discipleship, which we are really excited about. So let me pray, and uh, we'll jump into it. Before I pray this morning, we're going to do something like we did a few weeks ago. I'm going to have a shorter message and then there will be a panel discussion up here where I've asked some, some members of the church to come up and I'm going to interview them on the subject of, of the particular subject of discipleship that we're going to be talking about today. So that will be part of this morning's service. That's why all these stools are up here. So let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, a beautiful day. Thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence among us we ask that you would open our eyes to this subject of your devotion and love towards us and your call for us to be devoted to others. But we pray as a church we would grow in making disciples and in being disciples. And we ask for strength to do both, for faith, for joy, and for power. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Big question. How do you know if someone is a disciple of Jesus Christ? How do you know if someone's a disciple? Let me give you some possible answers to that question. They have a big Bible. Could be an answer to that question. They wear a lot of Christian t-shirts. Could be an answer to that question. They have Christian bumper stickers. They have really old Christian books that have been passed down through the centuries. They have the original copy of the Westminster Confession of Faith. They have incredible Bible memory. They know entire books of the Bible. Maybe they went to Winter Jam last night and they have the ticket stub. Maybe they're they're more mission-driven and they have passports that are all inked up from all the places they have gone. The question is, how do you know if someone is a disciple of Jesus Christ? Well, none of those answers answer that question. It's good to have a big Bible. If you're into big Bibles, that's good. If you have Christian t-shirts, that's great. I have Christian t-shirts. If you have Christian bumper stickers? Good for you, but be careful running red lights and speeding and all those kind of things. Just always have a mixed emotion about those. If you have old books, we like old books, especially old, good Christian books. If you memorize the Bible, that is awesome. If you go to concerts, great. If you travel all over the world for the name of Jesus, wonderful. But the passage we're going to look at this morning gives one very specific answer to the question, how do you know, how do you know if someone is a disciple of? Of Jesus Christ. The passage we're going to look at, Jesus actually says in his own words, By this you will know. So, what is the this? If you have a Bible, turn to John chapter 13. And we're going to look at verses 34 and 35. How do you know if somebody is a disciple of Jesus Christ? Verse 34 says, Jesus speaking, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, so you also are to love one another. Here's the answer. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, by loving others, all people, the world at large, will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The title of this message is Disciples Imitate. Disciples Imitate Christ's Love. This is the mark. It is to be the mark of a disciple. It is... Not just from this passage, other passages in the Bible. You can make a clear case. This is the most important component or ingredient to a healthy church. It's love. It is the mark. You could translate this word devotion. It's a commitment and a devotion. It is essential for us as disciples of Jesus Christ. This is how people are going to know that we are students, followers, learners of Jesus. See, it's more important than so many things we might naturally put above our commitment and devotion to one another. And I'm going to make a case for that in a moment. Let me just give you maybe my definition of love. It, It indicates a selfless concern For the welfare of others that is not called forth by any quality of lovableness in the person. So we don't love someone as Christians because they're lovable. But we love them because Christ has loved us and we're called to love them. It's a, it's a willing to love and be obedient to God's command despite our feelings in a particular moment or time. It's a radical sacrificial commitment to people see if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus with that comes a deep radical commitment to Jesus see disciples must imitate Christ's love for others so we answer two questions the first one is how has Christ demonstrated his love for us because look at verse 34 again this is crystal clear passage he says a new commandment i give to you you are to love one another how just as i have loved you you also are to love one another so we're going to think about that how has christ loved us see we're to imitate his love so in order to imitate it, we got to know what is this love all about. And when it says, a new commandment I give you, it's not a new idea in the Bible to love each other. But it's new in the sense that Jesus came to earth. God became man. Jesus was demonstrating His love and power. And now looking back as New Testament Christians with the Bible, we know that his love includes his sacrificial death on our behalf. So this this love is radical. could highlight a number of ways God has loved us, but if you are ever going to love other people as a disciple, it's got to come out of understanding, believing, enjoying, celebrating God's love for you. loving others is hard at times it's complicated it's not always appreciated can be misunderstood can be tiresome at times so we're gonna we're gonna put a stake in understanding how has he loved us two ideas here Well, jesus first of all demonstrates his love for us unconditionally see he loves us in a way that is absolutely mind-boggling. See, Jesus, when He came to earth, He came to die for sinners, for enemies, for rebels, for those who hated and mocked Him. It's, It's a radical love that is foreign to our natural understanding of love. See, we often love people that are lovable. And when they're not lovable... We're kind of done with them. We don't, we don't want to spend too much time with them anymore. See, Jesus' love, God's love for us in His Son, Jesus, is this radical, unconditional love, and it's sacrificial. Here's, here's a verse to, to think about, or verses. Romans 5. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ, the Messiah of the Old Testament, died for the ungodly. For no one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one will dare even to die. But God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, if you are a Christian, the reality of this verse is true for you. He died for you in the peak of your rebellion in the peak of your unbelief in the peak of your mocking god he died for you and you need to be assured of that love if you have put your trust and hope in jesus you are hoping in one that 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 all the guilt is gone like we just sang about it's it's washed away by the blood of jesus Not because we deserve it. The Bible says so clearly, we deserve punishment, wrath, hell. And he offers us eternal life because Jesus died in our place. It's a radical kind of love. He didn't save you or me. We'll say me because I'm sweet and cuddly and, and, uh, really enjoyable no he saved me because he saves sinners he pursues sinners he rescues sinners i mean jesus's love is just off the charts radically different than our natural impulses i want you to think about that because we're going to transition here in a second to think about how we should love others but if you are not safe and secure and totally confident in God's love for you. It's going to get really bumpy when you try to love others. Especially when they won't always appreciate it. See, Jesus loves you dearly. And the clearest display of his love we get in the Bible is him dying for us on the cross. The sinless, fully God, fully man who died your place and my place taking away all guilt all punishment all wrath completely removed that's an incredible gift and it should go deep inside of you to remind you of how much god loves you loves you so john three sixteen, when it says for god so loved the world that world there That's talking about humanity in its rebellion against God. God so loved this rebellious world that He gave His only Son. So when you turn on the news, when you watch the news this past week, or whatever feed you were reading or watching videos of, and you see all the sins and crimes, that's the world that God loves and sent His Son for. It's a radical love, and we love it here at Saving Grace. We want to celebrate it and enjoy it, and that needs to be our motivator when it comes to loving others. So point number two. How are others, how will other people know that we are disciples of Jesus? Same passage. A new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are to love one another by this. All people will know that you are my, dis- my disciples if you love one another. See, disciples must imitate Christ's love. They must imitate. I mean, a number of you are parents. One of my favorite parent moments, or even as just a a member of this church moment, is when little kids, particularly one- and two-year-olds, imitate their parents in worship as we sing. They raise their hand. Maybe you're not even a hand raiser, but your little child is raising their hand because the person in front of them is a hand raiser when they worship. See, they're imitating. They're imitating something good and something right. You know, I was thinking about like all the toys that, that we would have when our kids were little. we give them like plastic drills or weed eaters or lawn mowers. Um, they want to imitate what we do. For some reason, when they hit the teen years, that they're not so eager to pick up the real thing. <laughs> At times. But the idea is that we as disciples are to be imitators of Christ's love. So if this is an area you want to grow in, a good place to start is reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and seeing who Jesus interacts with and how he interacts with them. Because it will push some of your categories, I think, in a really, really good way. See, if you're new to the church, our our church mission statement is we exist to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. That love others is true of our church, community, and family. But it's also true of the third part of our mission statement of reaching the world for Christ. See, we need a deep love and devotion and commitment to one another and to the world at large. So how will they know that we are disciples? They'll primarily know by the way we love each other. So let's talk about the church first. Church family, this local church or or whatever church you're a part of. To the degree that we love one another sacrificially in a devoted way is to the degree that others will know that we are disciples. So this is true when we are in disagreement with one another when we have various convictions about all kinds of issues and thoughts, when we have major personality differences, major differences in areas of preference, whatever different category that you can think of that can cause some friction. The glue or the what's going to make it work is love, is a commitment and devotion to one another. This is not unlike a parent's love towards their child, or a teenager, or a grown child. That you love them no matter what they do. doesn't mean you're approving of things that you wish they didn't do, but you love them, you're devoted to them. See, as members of this church, we're to be that kind of devoted to one another. Love is by far the essential ingredient and mark. And so this is to be a message where we're we're evaluating. How how are we doing in that area? Do I love those I disagree with? Do I love those who are not like me? Do I love those who are vastly different than me? In could be areas of theology or areas of fun and things you like to do for fun or, or areas of service, whatever it would be. See, the great thing that God did in his son is he unites people from all over the world, every tribe, tongue, and nation, to be one family in Jesus Christ. And the only way that's going to work out is if we love one another. So how will others know that we are disciples of Jesus? I'm going to kind of flush out some components of love. They will know that we are disciples By the way, we consider others more significant than ourselves. They'll know we're disciples when we consider others, those around us, those in our community, more significant than ourselves. Paul says this in Philippians, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Though, see we're imitating him, he was in the form of God. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, that literally means a slave, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, Paul here is using Jesus' life and death in terms of example for us. We should want to serve others. We should be so devoted that we sacrifice our own interests and desires and time and money and possessions for the sake of others. See, that's how people are going to know that we're disciples of Jesus because we're going to be like him. This is what Jesus did. And let me prepare you. Let me encourage those of you who do this and prepare those of you maybe who haven't done this too much but want to grow in this. Remember what I said at the beginning. In order to do this right and well, you've got to be secure in Christ's love for you because inevitably when you count others more significant than yourself when you put their interest above your own. It will not always be appreciated. It will not you will not always be thanked for it. You will not always be celebrated for it. Not that that's your motive, but oftentimes the the opposite will happen. You may be misunderstood. Maybe you wrote a card, the first year of a, of a significant anniversary of death, but then the second and third year you didn't. And they say, you, you never think about me. You never, never helped me. You've got to be prepared if we're going to love each other. It's going to get messy and it's going to get bumpy. And what's going to ground you is having a radical love of Jesus Christ, really being centered and secure in that. Some of you have been burnt and hurt. As you've tried to help others. And maybe you're, you're like, I'm just going to sit on the sideline. I'll, I'll just watch the game unfold for the rest of my life. And I'll, I'll meet the Lord. Because you've got scars. You've been bitten by words and actions. And you're just, just kind of, I'll just ride it out. Let, let, let some of the younger people give it a try. Let me encourage you. God radically showed his love for you. And part of that, when you were bought by Jesus, he says you were bought with a price. And it's no longer your life, it's his life. And the most joy you're going to have is giving that life away for others. For those who appreciate it and those who don't appreciate it. And there are certainly many who will appreciate it. But the ones you probably will remember the most or struggle with the most are the ones who are not going to appreciate it. So I want to encourage you, we're doing this because God has been radically devoted to us and we want to imitate that love to others. How will other others know that we are disciples of Jesus? They will know we're disciples by our willingness to love and associate with all kinds of people. See, we're going to imitate Jesus in this one. Matthew 11:19. Jesus getting in some trouble. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him. He's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors. That was a despised group of people at the time, and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. See, our Lord, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he associated with all levels of society, all kinds of people. He didn't rank them. He didn't classify them. He loved them equally. He was devoted to them equally. The tax collectors were basically, they betrayed their own people. They were Jewish people working for Rome. They were also thieves. They were stealing money. They were very wealthy and they were despised. And Jesus saved a number of them, associated with a number of them. See, I think we'd be surprised if we could watch Matthew, Mark, and Luke on video. Oh, Jesus, should, think you should be there? Are you sure that's a good idea? Do you know what they did? Do you know who that is? I mean, Jesus didn't even stop this to the moment. Remember when he was being crucified? There's two robbers, one to the left, one to the right. Most likely, Bible scholars think those two guys were murderers. He saves one right before he dies. I mean, he had this radical love for all kinds of people. People are going to know that you're with Jesus as a disciple if you share and demonstrate that same kind of love. How others know that we're disciple of Jesus? They'll know it by our speech. I'm not going to say much about this. But what comes out of our mouth matters in the way we love one another. Read the book of James on your own, chapter 3. But Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. See, what comes out of our mouth, beginning in our home and working our way out into the church and at work and in our relationships with our extended family, with our friends, it matters. It matters because they'll know us by our love. So hate and anger and all that kind of stuff comes out. They're not going to know. So how else will they know? Last one. They will know we are disciples by our actions toward others. See, the reality of this kind of love, it's a call to action. It's a call to activity. It's a call to mission. One of the reasons we're doing this whole series on discipleship is is because we are praying that the Lord would stir us all as a whole to be more active in making disciples, that we would be disciples and that we would make disciples. Let me read 1 John 3.16 and following. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against them, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, John was a very old man, so he can say that. I'm going to call you all little children. Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. So this means, the Bible is clear on this, the call to loving each other will affect we do this our bank account our time our possessions our energy all that we are if we are devoted to loving others see we're called to do this and god's going to give us grace to do this and power to do this and here's one thing we, we i think about a lot and bob Mundorf and I talk about a lot is both of our kids are in a number of our kids are in sport activities and so we're both of us in different school districts around a number of people that aren't Christians who um, love the particular sport that they're coaching and I was thinking of my son Adam's coach he's fourth grade so this is not getting ready for high school or college basketball but his coach fourth grade so there's nine ten-year-olds maybe some eight-year-olds on the team she devotes on a tournament week 12 to 15 hours a week as a volunteer just because she loves basketball. It's a great thing, a great service to the community. How much more should we be devoted and giving our time and energy to the cause of Christ, to people that he died for, people that he wants to introduce to himself? So I want you to pray. My my encouragement to us as a church, pray. What's one way you can grow in this area? Now, some of you are knocking out of the park in this area. And you're probably the ones that are feeling the guiltiest. So I'm not talking to you. If you're doing this all the time, be encouraged. The Lord is pleased. If you're hardly doing this, be encouraged. The Lord wants to use you. He gave you gifts and ability and energy and a, a way of thinking about life. That's to be a blessing to others. Alright, let me read the passage one more time and then I'm going to have um, our panel discussion crew come on up. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know, will know that you are my disciple if you have loved for one another